Welcome to the Irish Sooner. I'm Jalen Posey. And I'm John Opila. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore Sooner. And there, you can stay up to date on all of our current and future content, featured guests and friends of the show, and college football analysis. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on Spotify, Apple, and SoundCloud. Now, with that being said, let's get it. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Irish Sooner. It's your boy JP. And OP. JP, how you been this week? Man, I'm I'm good. I'm doing okay, man. Uh back at school after a little bit of quarantine. Uh we got basketball starting up this week. Um I'm on my yeah. lunch break right now. You know, we we we're we're trying to get it into the masses, man. We told them we was gonna commit to it and here here we are doing doing work. So I guess you quarantine and we we switched yeah, places. So I'm back. Back in round two of quarantine, but you know, I'm glad you're out of it. Um, yeah, just yeah, ready to go back to the office at some point soon and figure mm-hmm. it out. But like you said, I'm on my lunch break too, and we'll make this work. So, got got a short and sweet episode for you guys this week. Absolutely, absolutely. So, guys, uh, we're yeah, we're just gonna recap. Probably might be one of our shorter episodes, and we'll um, we'll probably record another one Sunday. It'll be longer. Um, but we're just going to recap real quick, OU and TCU, and then uh, we're going to recap also Notre Dame-Pittsburgh, uh, and then we're just going to talk about two big things that happened this week. Um, Opie's big thing he's going to talk about is, uh, no surprise here, that Trevor Lawrence uh, has contracted COVID, um, and just all that could potentially mean for the future, and even the Clemson-Notre Dame game. Uh, and then my big news is that Texas lost their uh, number one quarterback recruit um, out of uh, Lake Carroll, Texas, I believe. Um, Quinn Ears is his name. He's the best rated quarterback since Trevor Lawrence, I believe. Uh, everybody's comparing him to Trevor Lawrence. And so uh, Texas fans are all excited. And then he decommitted um, either yesterday or two days ago. So we'll have, we'll have more on that in a little bit. But um, Opie, you want to start our recap or you want me to? I can start it this week. Okay. So last week when we were going through our preview of the game, I said Notre Dame would either win by two or they would win by 50. I was off. They won by 42. Mm. So luckily they didn't stress <laughs> me out and take another 10 years off my life like they tried to. Um, but Ian Book looked better. I'm not going to mm. say good yet, but 16 for 30. 312 yards, three touchdowns in the week. Definitely not a bad game from him. Sebo Flemster led Notre Dame in rushing. 13 carries, 48 yards, and a touchdown. Um, ben Skwanowick had his first two touchdowns for Notre Dame. He had two catches for 107 yards and two touchdowns. So not an unproductive day for him. Um, defense looks sharp per usual for Notre Dame. The offensive line continued to look great, continued to look sharp. They limited uh, the penalties, didn't turn the ball over at all, got three takeaways. Mm. So all in all, very good game out of the Irish. And that is what we hope to see as we continue down the line here. Um, Defense held Pitt to just 162 total yards and 10 first downs overall. 
Notre Dame converted 28 first down, so that was definitely a helpful piece of the puzzle. And the offense held the ball for 40 minutes and 59 seconds. So when you're holding it for almost three full quarters of the game, that definitely helps make everything click pretty well as well. So Mm -hmm. all in all, great game out of the Irish. Like I said, we're going to keep it short and sweet this week. And with a solid 45-3 to win over the Pittsburgh Panthers before heading into Georgia Tech this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was, I mean, you guys took care of business. And like we talked about last week, you were either going to be seen as typical Notre Dame, right? Like, oh, are they really number three or are they a legit contender? And you guys uh, looked every bit the legit contender this week. Um, so that has to be positive for you guys moving into um, the next couple of weeks, especially with Clemson coming up. That's true. Well, it would be nice if we would have stayed number three, but instead we fell. Thank you, Ohio State. Yeah. And thank you, Big Ten Bias. But anyways, we won't get into just, that right now. It's just weird, man, like seeing – and I get it. Ohio State is going to be up there probably regardless. But, like, you, you, got, you got the top three teams that have played – all played at least six games. And right. Ohio State's like, just 1-0, and right? And it's like – And they played Nebraska. It's not like they went in and beat Penn yeah. State. Well, Indiana did that. but um, Indiana did that. Let's see. You know, like, if this was – if this weekend's game was last weekend's, I could understand moving up a spot where you right. put a beat down on a, another top 10 team, but mm-hmm. you beat Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm just saying. Nebraska's not what it was, and even everybody. Nebraska is like, the honestly, and I have a lot more respect for Nebraska and Nebraska fans than Texas, but Nebraska's like the mini Texas, like, people people like to say, oh, Nebraska's about, like, Scott Frost, oh, Nebraska's about to start back up again and they just haven't um and yeah. you know the reason texas is worse is because they have you know they have more money and that's the reason they've been able to they have recruiting classes right nebraska hasn't had the recruiting classes and then they also haven't been back texas has they just haven't developed anybody and they're in a dumpster fire yet again uh and again we'll get into that a little later but um yeah uh ou uh finally uh, got back into the top 25 this week, uh, the number 24, and that's based off of their performance against TCU, who, you know, they're not, I won't say they're great. It's TCU, but it's a TCU team that, that did beat Texas. It's a TCU team that, um, you know, was in a close game with Iowa State, who um, is one of the other long-ranked teams in the Big 12. Um, they're not They're not bad, and Gary, Pat- Gary Patterson's defense is always pretty decent. Um, their offense still hasn't found an identity, and that was the that was the issue coming into this game. Offensive line's not great, and you know we we kind of exploited that. Um, let me double check here. I think we had maybe th- three or four total sacks. Um, you know, lots of tackle for loss. We we were creating havoc at the line. Didn't have a turnover, which stinks. But um, you know, the defense played really well. Um, I think we held them to seven points until about the fourth quarter, and then they got. I think they got a late touchdown to make it 14 um but you know we were in control essentially the entire time Spencer Rattler probably played uh, his best game yet uh, 13 for 22 for 332 yards that's an average of 25.5 yards per t- attempt which is crazy um two bad. touchdowns seemed like he was throwing bombs all over the field um and again you know this is 
This is not because TCU's a, a bad Big 12 defense, like people like to say. TCU's actually typically tops in the Big 12, but Lincoln Riley just mm-hmm. always has Gary Patterson's number, um, and Gary Patterson likes to drop eight and rush three. Um, and for a lot of quarterbacks and a lot of systems, that creates problems. But for Lincoln Riley, it doesn't because that gives his quarterback time. And for Lincoln Riley to draw up the perfect play, which he does more often than not, to get somebody wide open. And that's what happened time and time again. I believe Spencer had three, either three or four 50-plus-yard passes, um, two of them being touchdowns. Two, uh, two to Marvin Mims, a 50-yarder and a 61-yarder. Um, and Marvin Mims is looking like a freshman All-American uh, so far this year. So pleasant, pleasant surprise for sure for us. Um, yeah, man, uh, we, we started, we started to see the offensive line as well kind of come to their own. We, uh, had another hundred yard rusher again, TJ Pledger, 22 attempts for 122 yards on a five and a half yard carry average which is pretty good. He had a touchdown as well. So, um, you know, we're, we're taking steps and, you know, I think these are steps that maybe could have been taken if we had a regular preseason cause we had a young team, but, you know, we had to take our lumps early this year. And so I'm hoping we can kind of um, continue to have a great year and potentially get to that Big 12 championship game if we went out. Um, at this point, we probably need a couple more people to lose for that to be the case. But we just got to worry about what we can and control what we can control. So um, I'm I'm excited. And we, we could potentially be getting our suspended players back that I've been talking about. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Ronnie Perkins, Trajan Bridges. Ronnie Perkins is probably most people call him the best defensive end, or if not top three defensive end in the Big Twelve. Um, somebody we mm-hmm. sorely have missed, and then Ramondre Stevenson is who he'll be our our running back one when he comes back. Um, so I'm if we get those guys back, which we should, because last week was the sixth game that they're supposed to serve. Still haven't heard anything from the NCAA yet, which is ridiculous. Um, thinking about go down going downtown and protesting it at the the headquarters at this point, but um, I would say if just we take get a, them back, take an afternoon off of work and just go down to the uh, to the headquarters. Yeah. yeah, do that. Vote on the way and then do that. Right. That's right. Um, yeah, drop your ballot off right right outside the headquarters. Facts. If we if we get them back against Texas Tech, then you know I think um, it'll be something to look for for sure. Yeah. There you go. Um, Ob, so you want to this week? What, what did you say? I was I was just gonna go ahead and preview the uh, yeah Notre Dame Tech game. Yeah. So this was the game that I was actually looking forward to most on the calendar, uh, besides for the Clemson game. But when I was living in Georgia, when the schedule came out, this would have been a nice hour drive away from me, and it would have been right downtown in Atlanta. It would have been fun, but obviously not in Atlanta anymore. Mm. Um, but still looking forward to this one. Notre Dame is a 94.2% or has a 94.2% chance to win, according to ESPN. Uh, they're a 20-point favorite here against Georgia Tech. Tech is only putting up 22.8 points a game while they give up an average of 41.2. Mm. So that's a tough way to win. Um, there are two wins this year over Louisville who they put a good good little beat down on, 46-27. Yeah. Then they beat Florida State, too, before we realized Florida State was just trash. <laughs> but then they've also lost to Clemson 73-7, so you don't really know what you're getting out of this team. Sure. Um, so also that points allowed per game is probably slightly skewed when you give up 73 points to Clemson. 
But um, Notre Dame is right with them in yards per game. Of They outrush them by about 50 or so, but they're being outpassed by seven yards. So mm-hmm. you're not really losing a whole lot there. It's nice to see Georgia Tech is finally not running the triple option anymore, and they've started to get away with that with Jeff Collins under the helm. But they, I do expect Notre Dame to pull away with this one pretty easily. I expect another fairly dominant first half and then kind of coast through the second half, kind of like they did last week. Ian Book Mm -hmm. didn't have to take a snap in the fourth quarter, so that was really nice to see. Uh, But, yeah, I think Notre Dame wins this one easily. I'll give it a a 35-point Notre Dame win against Georgia Tech on Saturday. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I can see that, and I think Notre Dame will show up, and especially after getting the Pittsburgh um, monkey off of their back, and people probably just saying, "Oh, the, are we going to see another Notre Dame team struggle against Pittsburgh again?" And, and I think they answered the bell last week for that one, Opie. So, um, yeah, I, I I would agree with that in your analysis, obviously. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it, it, we're playing another Tech team this week, Texas Tech. Um, and you know, Texas Tech isn't great this year, but the crazy part is, man, like the last couple years, the last three times, actually, we've played Tech in Lubbock. We were in, uh, at, it was, or excuse me, I can't even talk, my bad. <laughs> the last three times we played Texas Tech in Lubbock, it was a night game and night games in Lubbock are crazy. Okay. 2016. You had the Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield showdown where there was like 15,000 yards of offense and all those touchdowns, you know, against the future number. And, and again, like I said, at the time, nobody knew you had a future number one pick and then a future MVP and Super Bowl MVP in that game. So it's like, oh, the defenses are terrible, which they weren't great. But at the same time, the quarterbacks were ridiculous. Um, yeah. 2018, you get Kyler Murray. Um, in his Heisman campaign, we we went there. He threw two early picks, struggled, and we ended up coming back and winning like fifty two to, I think forty, four or something like that. High scoring game. Okay, so this time it's another night game, and it's on Halloween, so that's even crazier. They get crazy out there than Red Raiders, so you already know it's going to be a, a wild game. What I'm hoping for is that with with the slowed down Texas Tech attack this year, because they they they're Alan Bowman kid that has an arm for whatever reason. He's just struggling this year, so he got pulled. Iowa State held them to 15 points a couple weeks ago. West Virginia, um, they scored 34 points on them, uh, on West Virginia, who had the second leading uh, Big 12 defense at the time. But looking at looking at the, the stats, Opie, from last week's game, West Virginia really, I mean, they had more possession. They had 100 more yards, 100 more total yards, uh, four more forced downs. They had a couple more penalties. They had the same amount of turnovers, and they had a couple more plays. And the game was it was over thirty four to twenty seven. So it was just like, who made a play and who didn't in that game, right? And so with this right. one, I think, you know, looking at it, we should be able to throw all over the yard. Uh, West Virginia's quarterback uh, Jeff or Jeff Daggy, he he threw for three hundred forty seven yards, thirty two for fifty. Spencer's not going to throw that much. Um, we'll be we should be able to establish something in the running game a little bit, but. Um, as far as I see it, I, I think that we're going to, you know, really establish a running game and that we're going to ultimately end up being able to go over the top a couple of times with Spencer's arm talent. 
Um, I, I think we're going to be missing Charleston Rambo, which is going to be a big blow. I don't. I haven't heard specifically yet on why, but I think we're going to be missing him. But you know, mm-hmm. we have a plethora of receivers, so I'm not super worried about it. Defensively, we're going to be. I think we're going to be missing our starting strong safety, which is a little worrisome, especially tackling wise. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see what happens there. But uh, I, I think that we'll be able to control this game. Uh, I, I think that we're going to win by 20 points, 21 points. I think we're going to control it, uh, similar to the TCU game. Texas Tech is not near as good defensively as TCU. And then offensively, they may be slightly better. Uh, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited to see what's going to happen. And, again, those Lubbock game, night games are crazy. It's going to be 8 o'clock Eastern. Uh, I'm going to be sitting on my couch eating some candy, trick-or-treating with the kids, uh, waiting to see what happens. So uh, I'm going to have OU winning this one by 21. I didn't even think about it. Maybe I have to go get candy to hand out to trick-or-treaters. I hadn't even thought of it. Hey. But anyways, thank you for the reminder. <laughs> You're welcome, bud. I mean, maybe I'll just drive down to Lubbock for the game. It's only like a six-hour drive. Only like a six-hour drive. Hey, we're Midwestern. That's that's a day trip. Facts. Lubbock. But Lubbock. Not a word. So... We want to move on to our uh, our other big news of the week. Yeah, I'll go first on this one. Let you. I'll just say you might off. as well go first. Um, so if if you follow this show at all, it's well documented that I cannot stand Texas fans, and it's not just simply really, <laughs> really. And you know, I wish y'all could have seen my face that I just gave him there. Contrary to popular belief, um, it's JP not just because. Texas. Yeah, I that's, loved it. Right. That's contrary to popular belief. <laughs> it's not just because they're Texas, right? Like, yeah, they're our rivals, right? And just like Notre Dame doesn't like USC, or excuse me, uh, just like Opie wouldn't like USC because he's a Notre Dame fan or wouldn't like Michigan, right? It's different because of how they are. How they are yeah. just boosts my disdain even more, right? <laughs> I made videos talking about how they're delusional because they think that they're better than us, even though we've won the Big 12 five straight times, right? I had Texas fans all in my mentions talking trash. We're going to beat you. We're going to shut you up. This is going to be our year, whatever. Why are you crying? Why are you sad? Okay. First of all, we beat them. Okay. Um, and, and they were acting like we were trash, and, and then we beat them. So then if we're trash, what are you? One. Second of all, um, boom. boom, right? Second of all, during that whole period of time when we were one and two and they were two and one, acting like they was on top of the world, they received a commitment from the number one quarterback in the nation in the 2022 class mm-hmm. and number one quarterback in Texas, Quinn Ewers, out of Lake Carroll. This guy at the time, I think he's like a 99.95 now, but at the time he was a 1.0, like the highest you can be, um, and was being lauded as the best quarterback prospect since Trevor Lawrence. So, you know, you have you have your number ones from year to year. Like, we got our number one for next year is Caleb Williams. Spencer Rattler was a number one in 2019. And number one's number one, right? Don't get me wrong. Like, Spencer Rattler's incredible. Caleb Williams would be incredible. But, like, the Trevor Lawrence type of quarterback, Andrew Luck type of quarterbacks, those are like, okay, that's just, this is more than just arm talent and, like, super, super good quarterback play. This is like, this is once in a generation type of player. Like, just the size, athleticism, speed, right? If Spencer Rattler right. was 6'5", they probably would have said the same thing about him. But he's six. He's six foot. He's 6'1", you know? So 
it's again just the way the game is going. He's gonna be able to succeed a little bit, but you know, you think about John Elway, Peyton Manning. Um, you think about Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck. Um, I'm just thinking about some of these quarterback prospects that are just can't miss, right? Trevor Lawrence was the last one. Quinn Ewers is being lauded as the next one, like, mm. like can't miss at all. Um, and Texas had him, right? Talk, oh, they were all over social media just talking. Oh, here we go. It's our time now. It's our time now. Yada yada yada. Right? And we said, just let things play out. We'll see. We'll see. Well, lo and behold, two days ago, Quinn Ewers decommitted from the University of Texas. And I think it's because he knows that the University of Texas is full of crap. Right? They have all the shiny trinkets and toys and say, oh, here, look at Austin. We have a million people in this city. They say, oh, look at all these this money we can give you because we have the highest uh, budget of a recruiting program in the nation. Look at all these mm-hmm. things we can do for you branding-wise. Okay, but what they can't give you is players they put in the NFL the last decade wins championships. They can't give you those. And eventually that's going to start to add up. Texas will always recruit well because they have the money and because they're a brand like Texas. But they're like the Dallas Cowboys. Their counterparts up to the north, right? You can have a big brand, but if if the contents inside aren't good, it's not going to work out. Everybody thought Tom Herman was the guy. Now they're 2-2. Two and two, And this was their year. They're 2-2. Two and two. They just brought in new people because they felt like the last two coordinators weren't good enough. They're 2-2. Two mm-hmm. two. Um, they're on the verge of, of losing a third game to Oklahoma State this week. If that happens, he might be gone. So he just lost Quinn Ewers, and he lost a four-star wide receiver the day after as well, yesterday. So it's a, it's a full, full-blown mess. Fire in, in uh, Austin right now. And I, want, for one, am here for it because I'm sick and tired, right, of, of y'all being in my mentions talking about this, that, and the third Look where we at, fam. I told y'all. And I tried to tell Opie. He's seen. He's finally seen it firsthand. I've told him for years. And now <laughs> with him being able to do this podcast with me and him having access to a, a little bit of the account, he's seen full-fledged how crazy they are. They do this every year. They do it every year. And every year it's the same thing. They do this every year. Every year, dog. Every year. <laughs> But, you know, it's it's the same thing. And they're worse than Michigan fans because at least Michigan fans have had, like, 10-win seasons, 11-win seasons. Fair. Like, no, they haven't beat Ohio State, but dang, like, they can, they can say something. It's ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. But now we're going to uh, switch over to Opie's part of the segment where he's going to talk about the craziness that is Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, so in case you have not seen anywhere in the last 20, not even 24 hours when we're recording this, about 14 hours when we're recording this, um, Trevor Lawrence tested positive for COVID-19 last night, and he uh, had tested negative on Sunday. They positive test came on Wednesday and he will miss the Boston College game this weekend Mm -hmm. with obviously being isolated and whatnot but they're saying his status against Notre Dame on November 7th is currently unknown 
Um, but CBS Sports is currently reporting that it's very possible that he could be cleared for that game. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in that week leading up to the game on whether Clemson is planning on having him around or if they think that he'll have to wait and whatnot. But obviously their, uh, their backup quarterback, DJ Uguliali, has been a, another five-star, one of those really can't miss type quarterbacks and he so far in the year is 12 for 19 102 yards so he's done his job whenever the Tigers have let him come in and yeah it's going to be very interesting to see what happens mm-hmm. ahead of this Notre Dame Clemson game in South Bend on November 7th South Bend going to be hopping so I saw that on Twitter last night, and I immediately picked up the phone and called JP. I said, "Yo, look you at did. this!" Like, you did. it was. I think it had been up for about nine minutes that the first real tweet of somebody official saying that Trevor Lawrence has COVID was up, and I just hopped on it right away. I said, "You've got to check this out." But yeah, I know that had. Notre Dame Twitter in a frenzy last night. I know most people think he will play, um, but obviously there's still a very real possibility that he doesn't play. Mm. So I don't know if he's going to want to just kind of take this as a chance to quarantine and rest and prepare himself to become a New York Jet or if he wants to just continue to ride this out and do his best to lead Clemson to a ACC championship and be back on the field as soon as he can for another yeah. potential national championship. Yeah. So it's going to be a very interesting next two weeks in watching Clemson Twitter very closely. Yeah. And here's the thing, right? Like, I told OB this last night when he called me about it. You just got to be careful. I, I don't think Brian Kelly will let y'all do this. But Notre Dame fans, you got to be careful not to overlook DJ Ugulele. Okay? He's the number one quarterback in last year's class. Yeah. That man that man is a, a monster. He's like 6'4", 6'5", something like that. He's bigger than he's bigger than Trevor Lawrence. He's like 230, 240, something like that. Right? So, I mean, it's not like they lack him for talent. Now, Trevor Lawrence is Trevor Lawrence. Don't get me wrong. But the drop-off right. is not much. The drop-off is not much going to that kid. Um, yeah. Now, experience is going to be the difference, right? If Ian, if that's going to be the case, Ian Book is going to have to show why, right, he's a, a senior quarterback. You don't, you don't want what happened in Oklahoma, Texas to happen, right? We got Sam Ellinger, who's been there for 20 years, um, to, to get outplayed. Oh, uh, you know, in some, some respects he got outplayed. In some respects he did everything he could, right? Um, yeah, I told you guys that he, he, he really tried to will his team back. But you just don't want to be in that position. Ian Book, who's also been in Notre Dame 20 years, has got to um, show his experience. And, and at the very least, even if they lose, he, he cannot be outperformed by a freshman That in right. his first start. That, that'd be a bad look. Yeah, he's got to step up that game and definitely show why he is a fifth-year quarterback and made this decision to come back this year. Mm-hmm. But... 
it's just going to be an absolute interesting time of watching Twitter and seeing what happens alongside of everything that comes with Trevor Lawrence having COVID. So Yeah. With all that said, I know both of us are still praying for him to make a fast and oh, complete recovery. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are we are definitely praying for him and it, I mean it's just it's crazy, man. You know, and I won't I won't disclose too much information, but you know, we were close to a situation of of learning about something that something crazy that happened close to us and uh you know somebody that's close to our age having having died today that we found out and so you just never know yeah man like these things can pop up out of nowhere and yeah i would say it's it's been a crazy morning for the two of us telling you and our group has been blowing up involved around the situation yeah but yeah, I've had a couple group chats popping off, and I got a couple Facetimes this morning. It's just yeah, a crazy, crazy little bit. Yeah. But yeah, we'll be. I mean, we're gonna be praying for everybody involved in that situation. Praying for everybody, um, in Clemson, you know, uh, and everybody that just had is dealing with this. Man, it's been a crazy year. Um, everything going on, but you know, I'm just glad that. We're still able to have football, and we have this so far this year, and you just got to hope that people uh, can stay healthy and, and be smart, wear your masks, um, be social distanced, um, and think about other people at the end of the yep. day. Agreed. Agreed completely. Yeah. Well, Opie and I are going to do a, another episode uh, probably Sunday. Uh, we won't recap uh, this coming week's games like we did last week, but we'll, we will recap all of them on Sunday, and then we'll we'll go into the following week talking about all the top twenty five games um, and and what's going to happen. Uh, so, hoping that Notre Dame and OU can pull out wins tomorrow, and that you know both of us are kind of in high spirits on Sunday making this podcast. I say neither of us want to be in a bad mood recording a podcast. And Not at all. Not I've at been all. there twice this year. I haven't had to experience it yet, but. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm not looking forward to it when it does potentially come. Big facts. Big facts. Uh, Obi, you got anything before us? we head out? Uh, go vote. Make sure. I know. I'm sure everybody is tired of hearing "go vote" be told to you, but we'll say it once again. Go vote. Like, yeah, have a chance to make an impact in your country, in your local area, in the governmental system. So. Just take some time out of your day. Go vote. That's actually what I was doing last night when you called me the first time and I didn't pick up. Mm. I was filling out my ballot back for the Illinois area. So mm. take some time. Go vote. Yep. Absolutely, Any guys. Any final thoughts, Jay? Any final thoughts? Nope. I mean, I, I completely agree with you. Go vote. Exercise that right. Um, I know, you know, regardless of where you stand, I know some people aren't in love with the with the national election and what's going on. Regardless of it, if you can't feel yourself to, to vote for that, which I, I I'm, I'm completely can sympathize with, um, vote for your local elections. Man, like, that honestly is where the most impact is going to be made. Uh, more than anything, mm-hmm. your local communities, um, your senators, your governors. Do that, man. 
Um, do your research. Make sure you just don't blindly pick either. Um, have fun with your family this weekend. Hold them tight. Hug them. Cherish them. Uh, we appreciate y'all. Uh, with that being said. Go Irish. Boomer Sooner. <laughs>